Welcome to the Iceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods. Hey, everybody. Welcome hey. back. Look at We're doing it now. What is this? Four weeks in a row? I know. This is kind of like it's like ooh, ooh. becoming regular. Look at us. Who would have thought? Yeah. Not me. Different table each time. Different table. <laughs> different location yeah. in the shop. We're in a totally different room. We got a table that our mics keep falling off of, so we'll see what happens. Dan, you have yours hooked onto a chair. And I I've got my mic stand on my chair arm, and I feel free. I feel This feels amazing. If anyone could see this, it's, it's pretty look hilarious. Look at me. He's like wheeling around in a no in office chair. He says, look at me. Everyone, everyone, all the listeners, look at Dan right now. Look oh, at me, yeah, guys. they can't see shit. <laughs> hey, we're doing okay, all right? <laughs> doing our best. We're, oh, yeah, John, take this, take this picture. This is the one that everyone needs to see right here. Oh, maybe we should uh, Hands free. Let's take classy. the Steve Weisers out of there. What? I'll, I'll do a, over 21. We'll do a, sw- a swivel video of you later. Yeah. Freedom. <laughs> Jeez. So we Guaranteed have a, we, we have a guest, guest tonight. We do. I, I'm going to try the name. Can I try? I mean, but please. The track record's not so good. He needs, don't he, screw this up. He needs up. to improve his odds. I feel pretty good about this one. It's a pretty good name. I, I, I hope have, so. You booked him. I have zero faith <laughs> in you, Dan. I deserve zero faith, but that's okay. You didn't text it to me, so I feel real good about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My, my, if anyone ever meets me, my texting skills are epic. That's because you have a thumb the size of a keypad. I know. I hit at least five to nine letters and numbers at one time, and then I, my iPhone goes. I don't. I don't know what to put on this. Yeah. Yesterday, I was trying to hit love on my keyboard, and it came up live every time, and I'm like, what? So I had to like. Yeah. Roll. I was like, why do you? Why do you keep saying you live me to me? I don't get it. <laughs> it, was re- it was really weird. Yeah, Not normal. All right, all kidding aside. So we're super excited. Are you ready for this, Dan? I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best. But if you interrupt me, I might freak out. Sound out. Sound it out. Okay, I'm going to do that. Oh, if I sound it out, I can't sound it out because it's not pronounced that way. (laughs) You do have a good All right, let's just get going here. All right, let's do this. Okay, so anyways, we are joined today by Nick Linder. Nick, welcome. Thank you for being here tonight. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Have you you ever tried swipe? I'm a swipe. I'm a swiper. John, have you swiped? John's got an iPhone, so he doesn't know how to do that. No, I, I use Siri all the time now. But I like when I, it, you, know, you say, hey, hey, Siri, can you text this person? But then I repeat it. Siri just literally oh, opened up on his literally phone. Literally, Siri just opened up this. Yeah, Siri's listening to this conversation. I'll listen to the podcast. But then you can just voice text. But then sometimes I still don't get it right. She's talking to you. <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how my nine-year-old texts. So... <laughs> Voice texts are great unless you want to say something private. I, I don't. I have no filter. Yeah, I guess. But when I'm in the car and you text me, I have to make sure I don't have it play through the audio. Why? Just because some of my texts are inappropriate. I live you so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, John's John's a big-hearted guy. Yeah. I really love people, don't I? You live people a lot. Yep. Yeah. Nick, welcome. Thank you for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Super, super pumped. And by the way, you guys have like the absolute best name for a podcast ever. Nice. The Iceman. Very cool. And I'm a fan, except for it probably gets tough when you're trying to do podcasts during the summer, maybe. That's what we're, we were just thinking about that. We're, are we misbranded? Because we are a year-long podcast. We are not a year-long broad- podcast. <laughs> We'd like to be. We want well, to be. Yeah, but we kind of like, I don't know, summertime gets do busy. Become do you become the boatman in the summer, or how does that work? I don't, it could be. I thought we should be the Iceman Melted in the summer. Mm. That's not a bad idea. Just have it be a special series. But Nick, so Nick, where where are you from? Because I heard there's rumor has it there's you know some ice up north, some sketchy ice. 
Uh, yeah, you know, it's on some of the lakes where it actually froze over somewhat recently. It's it's decent because, but you know, some of the bigger lakes, it's we haven't been making any ice because it's just been so windy. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's like I don't know. I was checking today, and sort of the Brainerd area, Deerwood, Crosby, um, has been it's about one inch roughly. And then I was talking to uh, Brian Brosdahl, and he was saying they've got like two and a half up there where where he's from. Um, so north of Walker, but yeah, so we're making ice. I don't know. I think we'll be ice fishing by the end of the week. I don't know when this podcast goes out or when people will be listening to it, but tomorrow morning. I mean, it's, yeah, it'll be out tomorrow. Yeah, we kind of okay. record them. They're not live because some people don't have a filter and we have to edit stuff out. Yeah. I, yeah. I was going to say, do you edit them? Because, I mean, people probably don't know, but it's, I don't know, 1030-ish right now, and <laughs> you have to edit them, and then, and then, and when I say 1030, I mean at night. Um, if you guys have to edit them, then kick them out in the morning. I mean, that's, someone's staying up super late tonight. Well, thankfully, we have uh, my brother as a producer, and producer Tom has a very unusual uh, schedule. He is an ambulance dispatcher, so mm-hmm. they, they work weird hours, and he just got off work. So he's going to go home tonight, and I would imagine he'll be, you'd probably be up until this is done, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the plan. What time do you work well, tomorrow? Do you work tomorrow? Yeah, I work uh, 1.30p, 1, uh, 1.30p, 9.30p tomorrow night. Yeah, so. So tomorrow, e- tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. Weird hours. That's, I mean, that, but that's a normal, I think that's a normal shift. Well, if you text, if you text him at noon, you're never going to get him. I texted yeah. you like five times today, and you didn't respond to me once. Yeah. And they were good stuff. <laughs> I had stuff going on. Like yeah. sleep? You were sleeping? No, he probably was busy like other people are during the day. Oh, you're going to judge? <laughs> I'm, judge fired shots here. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I respond to texts between 5 a.m. and probably 1 o'clock in the morning. Okay, so... Just because while I'm teaching, I'm so, texting about shop stuff. So <laughs> not to get too far in the weeds on this, John, but today was actually my 17-year anniversary at my work. Today, oh, today congratulations. Was. And for 16 of those years, I worked straight overnights. So my sleep schedule, sleep pattern is completely screwed. Completely screwed. So like last night, I was up until, honest to God, I was up until 6.30 this morning. And then like I slept until 6.30 till like noon today, and then I went straight to work. That would be weird to me. But then again, my sleep pattern is completely screwed. Yeah. So shift work, it's, it's a killer, and I'm still trying to recover from it. I do shift work. I just worked all shifts. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, when you, when you own the factory, you yeah. got to gotta put in your appearances. I just, I just picked up a Thanksgiving shift, 1 a.m. Wednesday night, a.k.a. Thursday morning, till 1 p.m. Thanksgiving day. And then you're going to be at Thanksgiving at 2? Yeah. You better be. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that'd be rough. And then eat turkey? I'd be out. We're smoking a turkey this year. Ooh. Yeah. In what the, what are you doing? How are we going to fit in the pipe? In the pipe. <laughs> I get it. Jeez. <laughs> so, so let's talk to Dick. Yeah, I mean, he's staying up late. <laughs> we for just us. we just literally went off the weirdest tangent. So this is what happens sometimes. You go off on strange tangents, and our whole shop smells like skunk right now. John had to mix some five minute epoxy, which if anyone out there has ever done so, it smells like somebody got a perm and then lit their perm on fire. It smells like a dead skunk that lit on fire. Yeah, I don't you, know why. Used a burning perm. To wipe a skunk's ass. Yep. That's You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> yeah. It's 1030. We so, can talk whatever we want. So, Nick, what, what, uh, I know I've worked with you before. Um, what, 
do you actually do? Because you're part of the Linder family. We should we should mention that. You guys are kind of legendary for, I don't know, in, I won't say inventing walleye fishing, but inventing the modern-day walleye. Your, your whole family did. I, yeah, I guess inventing how to catch them the easy way, at least, right? Yeah, the oh. Lindy rig. The Lindy <laughs> yeah. rig we're talking about, yeah. And, and, and what's weird is when people say the Lindy rig, really it's like a, it's almost like branded like a Kleenex, right? It's not really it's the like, Lindy it's rig. Like jello. It's like yeah. Yeah, but it's the Lindy rig to every Minnesotan here. I mean, you can buy an actual Lindy rig made by Lindy Fishing yeah. Tackle, but but the the technique of Lindy rigging is like... It's live it, bait It's rigging. live bait with a pulling a hook, slow pulling yeah. a hook, yeah. So we should yeah, introduce right. you like that. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel awkward calling it a windy rig for for weird reasons. But uh, I just always call it a live bait rig. I guess that's maybe a nice generic way to say it. But, yeah, the Kleenex thing applies, I suppose. Yeah, that's, but, the, that's the tissue way to say it. Yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. But then you feel kind of proper if you say tissue, don't you? Yeah, it's kind of English, right? Oh, hand me a tissue hand paper, a, Dan. Today we're having gelatin for lunch. <laughs> it does. It feels a little weird. It yeah, feels when like, you tell somebody you're live bait rigging, you sound like you really know what you're talking about. No, I just say I'm Lindy rigging because I bet I still have some of those orange packages. The little oh, Joes? Yeah, from 40 years ago. Because my grandpa used to run a resort and had like a little store and had Lindy rigs up mm. on the shelf. I remember, you know, the carded where you get, you know, 10 little flu-flus in a little plastic miniature bag that oh, you yeah. instantly stab your finger on and then you'd have the little lindy joe hooks little joe yep yeah well, it was lindy was it lindy little joe nick maybe you can educate us on this you i it, well, i think it was called lindy little joe yeah um so they still how long it, you can still buy do you, do you guys know how long the snells are i, I haven't bought a prepackaged actually ever I think they um, make different lengths. Three feet was the old school ones, and they used a hook mm-hmm. that was like as thick as a trident. It was, <laughs> the, it was the heaviest, like most awkward hook in the world. But I mean, it worked. I thought there was. I think the new ones are like six feet. Didn't they just have a, an anniversary one this year, like an eight foot one? Mm-hmm. I feel like they might have. I don't know. I have some of the blue package one for Pike with the steel leaders. I just I know I hear John Thielen talking about the the original indeed rig and. Uh oh. What's going on? <laughs> Sorry, hold on one second. <laughs> good, good lord. What, what kind of show are we running here? Cut. Got, got calls yeah. coming in. He's got like the whole board on going here. Yeah, he's got a lot happening here. It looks like he's like. I think we have a caller. <laughs> oh, good God. <laughs> uh, Long time listener, second time caller. Oh, I have a question Nick. for you. <laughs> This is why you don't let your wife know you're doing this. <laughs> Allie, you're supposed to go to bed early. I know, I know, but I really, it's its a burning question that everybody needs to have answered. I'm going to hang up and listen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my real question is, what um, what is like the best present to buy for Christmas for anglers? Hmm. And not say. And, and gift cards are not allowed. I know you have guests on the line. I appreciate your feedback, especially. And um, gift cards are not allowed, but but everybody needs to know what for Christmas, like shirts, 
tackle boxes. What? So the, uh, the last time you called in, um, Allie, we answered your question, and I got home and you yelled at me for answering it wrong. So I need you to tell me. I need you to tell me a budget here because last time I, I didn't. I didn't follow your. question. A new boat correctly. would be just fine. She can totally Good see question. you right now too. So don't be making any faces. Yeah. I- uh, great question. Two, there's, so anytime I ask a question, there's two considerations. One, is it a brand new person who doesn't want to spend a lot of money but wants to get in on it? So, like, my best answer to the last time's question would have been free because you just borrow your friends. So when you called in and, and asked how much an ice fisherman should spend a year, you say spend nothing and go with your friends. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the mooch method. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Tommy's really good at it. Okay, and then Ooh. Ooh. Oh, Ouch. <laughs> a Nick, shot across the bow right there. Nick, you're in for a treat. I feel like this roller coaster is going right down the hill. No, 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 no. Nick, Nick is in on this. Nick is totally in on this. And then the second one is is like for real people who you know like have invested so much in it already, and you know that's all they care about. Like, what do you do? Like, buy him a shirt? Maybe. So, do you have a budget in mind or not? Uh, like less than a hundred bucks, maybe like, how about this? Like $20 and then $50 and then a hundred dollars. So like if it's your, so like the secret Santa level, the brother level, and then the significant other the level. Spouse level. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, my wife spends yeah. less than $5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's a, Nick, I want to hear, I want to hear what you have to say first. I'm going to, I'm going to actually hang up and listen. So. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry, I missed the garbage can with my bottle. <laughs> uh, sorry. Okay. All right, Allie, thank you for calling. Um, yes. Dan, Dan just a, cracked a beer because a his wife called, wife called. So. It was a wonderful question. Thank you, Allie. Um, <laughs> Nick, I apologize. We uh, we had this interruption in the, in the middle of your introduction here. but uh, <laughs> I want okay. to hear more about Nick, and I know he has got a lot of good things to say. Love your product. Love your product. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. All right. Bye, thanks, thanks, Allie. Bye. Okay, well, that's the second time she's done this to us. But uh, <laughs> Nick, what do you think? Uh, that's pick- so tough. I guess one thing that popped into my brain for one of the the cheap options would be you know those like elastic band things with uh, the piece of plastic on it with the circle going through the hole where you can wrap it around your fishing line spool and then. Stick the line through the holes. Someone, if someone could help me with an, I don't what think you I know call what that, that is. thing. I don't. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> so is it is it to, to keep the line from coming off the spool, or does it? Yeah, help? yeah. So let me maybe restart how I how I say that. So so a problem with fishing line is the fact that whenever you go and grab some, like let's say it's like leader line or something, um, you pull six feet off of it or whatever you need. And then the line's just flopping all over the place, and you have to try and stick it in the little uh, crease in the plastic, and but it always pops out of there, and you have line all over the place. So they got these things where it's kind of like an elastic band, and you put that around the spool, and then there's like a little hole through the rubber piece on the on the elastic band, and so that just totally keeps it in place. And actually, some of them even have like a little tiny little cutter thing on it so you can cut the line with the with the banded device is it called the line keeper a spool tender mm, i don't know maybe (laughs) they're like 
10 bucks or something for a yeah. three pack. Or, yeah, is it the Maxima Shark? Well, there's a bunch Maybe. of different brands. That's actually a really cool one. That I've never I, even heard of this before. I never even would have thought about because well, I it's like, like Flyline Tippet is the worst because it basically just blows off the spool. Yeah, right. And it's it's one of those deals where um, it's just such an enormous convenience once you have once you have it and have used it. It's just something that like, well, this is just so nice. But nobody ever goes and buys it for themselves or anything like that. Like they'll buy all the fancy label makers for their tackle boxes, but they don't get something that keeps the line from not like flying all over the place. And if you just got, I don't know, however many spools of line you keep in your boat or your tackle box or your fish outs or whatever, and just band them up, you're not going to have a stinking mess all the time. So yeah, that's, I mean, that is that's, one of the that's worst a super cheap ones. This is a legit option. I'm looking at it right. So I, I, the one I'm seeing is called the pro strike. Pro Strike Spool Bands. This thing is awesome. That's a really good gift idea. I, yes. I think I actually got that from my dad last last year. It's just one of those things where, like, even super hardcore guys don't usually have them. And if they do, if they do have them, they could probably use, like, another half dozen of them because they bought them once and, you know. And they just kind of forget about them. I'm not going to lie. I've legitimately thrown away spools of line because the it wouldn't stay in the crease anymore. Yep. And it just is falling on. I'm like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And you, just, you just chuck just it because it it's not worth it. Or it starts to unravel like in the boat. Yeah. And you just have this like giant rat's nest in the bottom of the... I, know, okay, whatever. so I like this answer. This is a great answer, Nick. This this might be one of the best answers. That's a great answer. That's the Secret Santa level <laughs> gift right there. That's yep. the Secret Santa level. Yeah, it's like twenty four dollars for a two pack is what I'm seeing online here. I found ones on Amazon. You get like a seventy five pack for two ninety nine, but I bet the quality is a little lower. It's probably different. <laughs> Maybe we can brand them tuned up branded uh, or Iceman. Let's you know, let's yeah, do Iceman. Let's go. do Iceman. Yeah. Okay. Good. So like what's it. the fifty dollar level? Because well, the, you got to think of yours now, John. Oh, I don't. I don't have nothing better than that. Well, you you have nothing. Uh, maybe a line cutters, one of those line those yeah those the, ring the cutters. With, yeah, the ones that yep. have the little uh, what are they like the things that you get for an ID card? You know the thing that like, nope no I'm thinking the one that you wear is like a ring like oh, the Superman yeah, 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 ring yeah, yeah, ones yeah. and you can, you oh. can I kind of like those but I put them on the <laughs> handles of my rods sure. And I thought that was a slick idea, like especially ones that I retie constantly. It was pretty slick. What do you guys think of like those things that pop up on ads all the time? That's like a little clip on the clips on your jig, and then it helps you tie the knot. Is that just for amateurs that just don't know how to tie knots? Or is there's that- a cup. There's one that I used that was great. I actually bought it for Dad, and he immediately didn't never never use it again. I found it in his tackle box like five years later. <laughs> it was uh, I'll have to look it up, but it was uh, like a pro pro snap something. I'll look that one up. But that was like a, great a one. like a duo snap. No, or like a no. I'll I'll find it here. It's called a. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up. But yeah, your the line cutter ring thing is a good idea. Yeah. Actually, Allie bought me one of those one time for a uh, for I think a birthday present. <clears throat> yeah, I bought one. I I put it on a rod and immediately lost the rod. <laughs> the one that I like is the one that clips onto your onto like your zipper. Oh, yep. And it it's it's mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. It looks like uh, I don't know. It's green. And it's about three inches long, and it you can retract the scissor, and you can push it out, and it 
has the little lanyard that that comes in. I and don't out. like the little zit, the lanyards that have the little stretchy. Oh, I find that super convenient. No. I I love that in the ice house because I'm usually walking. I hook it on the like something, God knows what, and then you know you're walking away and you're five feet away and all of a sudden it snaps back at you with a forceps, a scissors, all kinds of <laughs> objects that are flying at Mach Mach nine. So the one that I that I was thinking of, Tom, is called the Tie Pro Knot Tying. Tipro T Y E P R O. It looks like it looks like a like a heavy duty um, clothespin. Okay. And it it doesn't exactly help you tie the knot, but what it does is it isolates the eye of a jig. So if you're if you have, can't see very well, or especially like if you're out in the cold and you're working with two pound mono and it's freezing and you're shaky or whatever. No one ever has any trouble with two pound mono <laughs> when it's 50 below. <laughs> Trying to thread it through the eyelet is, yeah. is a nightmare. I've dropped so many tungsten jigs down thinking I have it in the eyelet and have then just let jigs? it go. And <laughs> these tie pros? Like, yes, I have seen those. Those things are really actually quite useful and they make two different sizes. They make a, a micro Nick, ice Nick, you're one. younger, so you probably don't have this uh, that happen too often yet. Yeah, I don't. I, I, all this cell phone and laptop time and well flasher time all you're just always staring at a screen at all, at all points in time so i'm sure it's gonna happen faster for me than it, it does for you guys it's, did for it's you coming guys. it's coming well i had lasik done about nine years ago so my close-up vision is a little sketchy now i just had uh, my eyes examined and the doctor said well they're good now but you're over 40, so good. get ready. Yeah, you're going to be wearing reading glasses, yeah, and then you're going to be wearing like four different it's reading coming. glasses. That Type Pro is great. I like the little line cutter, too. Yep. So that's my $20 thing. You're going with the lines. I'm the, going with the line the ring cutter. Thing. And Nick, your idea was great. What is that thing called again? I, already, I, I call them school <laughs> tenders, but that's, that, that's Dan, I know what I'm man. getting you for Christmas. I would one legitimately tender buy one off of those. Amazon. In fact, I, I might still <laughs> forty nine cents. Dan made Secret Santa level with John. I'm gonna, I was going to order them on Allie's uh, uh, Amazon account and have them delivered from her to give to me. <laughs> That's a terrible idea, Dan. <laughs> Greatest thing ever. Greatest idea I've ever had. Okay, good. all right. Big, okay, how about the fifty dollar level? I'm going to go with the new fish and more boxes. I don't know if you guys have yes. saw those. That uh, Nick, I don't know if you've seen them yet. They're they're Plano boxes, but they have custom cut foam inserts for like jig and wraps which are oh. i call the 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 death jigs because i literally break every single fin off if i don't have them in like a secured case yeah yeah i've i've seen you know what speaking of like seeing a million ads i've seen a million ads for their deal and having like i think i looked at it once or twice because you know i'm a fisherman and oh look a new tackle box maybe i need 12 of those um, but that, yeah, that I, I, I haven't bought any of them. So, well, they marketed themselves perfectly because they set their booth up right next to our booth at the Sioux Falls show. And John has no limit <clears throat> on how much he'll spend on tackle gear. And he literally got yelled at by his wife. She, she caught him buying boxes for the fourth time in the same day. It was not the fourth time. It was the fourth time in the same, time in the same Your show. credit card company called to see if you've been robbed. They, they did. <laughs> Because they had four <laughs> transactions within two hours of the exact same amount. In South Dakota. In South Dakota. And they're, they, so, uh, <laughs> Nick, these boxes, like, so I ordered the, like, I got the spoon box. And I was like, oh, I should probably get the chicken wrap box. And then, like, two hours later, I'm like, I should probably get a number nine chicken wrap box. And then I was like, oh, I should get a ribbon wrap box. And then it was just, <laughs> you know how it goes. It literally just is yeah. a perpetual thing. And they're right next to me. So when, because the Sioux Falls show 
We had the greatest weather in the world. It was 70 mile an hour winds and freezing rain and sleet. So, you know, people mm-hmm. really wanted to drive in South Dakota with it. Um, but yeah, it, it cost me, I don't know. You spent a lot of money. $275. I picked up two of them. I'll tell you what, Nick, they were, they're really a well thought out product and they had them on hand full of lures so you could see how they felt in there. Oh, right. Yeah. It was was a really well thought out product and the kids who were doing it, I mean, they couldn't have been more than 22, 23. I, I, I respected them because, you know, I mean, this industry is. It, Nick, you know, this industry is kind of brutal sometimes on younger brands. It can be rough. You just. For sure. Yeah. So it's not fish in more. It's just fish more. Fish more. Fish more. Yep. I don't know. I should know. I have a stack of them you about a lot five of them and a half feet tall. You got a lot of their stickers. <laughs> put, put it this way. At the end of the show, I, because I, I remember, I think it was round three. I was over there and my, my wife went to the bathroom. I was like, sweet. I'll just buy two more boxes or maybe three. And then I remember her yelling. She's like, John, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, oh, God. I was like, uh, they're for a friend. The best part, though, Nick, was that his wife had come to me and to the other guys working the show and said, don't let him buy any more because I've got a bunch on reserve for him for Christmas. And I bought every he single bought one. bought all of them. And she was so <laughs> mad. It was the funniest thing I ever saw. Yeah, because she was trying to like find Christmas ideas because it's... Yeah. Right. And this was one of those, like, it was, you know, you get two boxes. It was about 50 bucks for two boxes. And it would have been a great idea, but I bought all of the side. Like, I, I was like, how many you got? He's like, well, we have like four. I'm like, well, I'll take four. He's and like, you bought the one I wanted. He <laughs> bought it, cleared them out of the one that I was going to get. And I had him emptying out stuff and his display models. He's like, and then I, I remember at the Sunday, because I, I had spent my limit that Sunday, and I was like, ah, I, I really want two of those tungsten boxes. <laughs> get. And he goes, dude, just take two, because he's like, if your wife yells at you again, he's like, I have fear that I'm going to get hurt. <laughs> At the same time, he's like, we can go to college this year. <laughs> but I'm, right. a, I'm, a so, sucker, I'm a sucker for good tackle organization. And it was a, it's good stuff. Yeah. Okay, well, speaking of good stuff, you guys have seen those just-in-case boxes, right? Um, I think I have. I'm not saying anything. Okay. Because I have a just-in-case box that I had bought, and then I thought, I'll never fill this. And I literally filled it with one type of lure. And now it sits. So I reorganized my boat, moved my battery, just so I could fit my just-in-case box underneath my seat. And it's, mm-hmm. it's filled with just stick baits. St- shallow, I should say shallow running stick baits, not even deep ones. but Because mm-hmm. I use so many of them with lead core in the summer. And then I use so many of them up in the Brainerd Lakes area off of, you know, you know Gull and Pelican and round and edward and all those lakes that have shallow kind of rocky reefs or weed beds yeah they're just dynamite certain times of the year so is this is this your 50 dollar idea no well it's more like a 300 dollars <laughs> idea but oh my, okay. I, I figured while we were on the topic of him i mean those are just so cool and if you haven't seen those i would google them to see what they look like like the jig and wrap box is just insane and those things are just like bulletproof too. Whatever. I mean, they're really popular in the musky, musky I'm, world. I'm looking at the website right now, and yeah, I see one that's just full of like medusas. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like a it looks like a clear, like plastic cube. It is, and it they're really the only thing that I have a problem with just in case boxes because I've done this before. If it flips over, and all the hooks unhook off the side, 
You have, oh. a, dis- you have a disaster on your hands. Is that with uh, the smaller box or with the musky box? The, the smaller box. So I, I don't, I'm, mine's probably legitimately 10 years old. And my kid has dumped it over before off the boat, or like off the <laughs> side of the boat, and then it falls in the, and if the latches aren't latched, all the hooks come out, and then you spend the next two days fishing them all out of the box. But these look, they but look they're bulletproof. they are legit. If you, you know, so that's just in case, but it's E N C A S E. Yeah, they're legit. That's a good. I mean, that's a good idea. Okay. All right. So yeah, I, I mean, that's I'm like see, a, I'm seeing a trend that's a, that's though. That's a big boy idea. So I'm sticking with your same idea though. So you've got the you got the Fishmore box. Fishmore box for like the fifty to seventy five dollar. Like, hey, it's a good bro gift. And Nick's just skipping right over that. He's going for full four hundred dollars. He's just uh, you know, give me well, the just in case box. But please don't tell people they're four hundred dollars because then my wife's gonna find out that four hundred dollars <laughs> for the case houses a hundred. As my kid pointed out, he he was in multiplication. So he's like, Dad, you know, you got twelve rows of twelve. I'm like, yeah, what is that? He goes 144. And at $10 a piece on X Wraps, that's, I'm like, shut, shut your, your mouth. Well, you're too smart. <laughs> I said, he's like, that's like $2,000 between the kids. I said, yes. Yes, it is. Okay. So you guys told me I can't go on speakerphone, so I can't look it up. How much is that? Is that jig and wrap box? Just out of curiosity. Oh, boy. You, 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 you know what, Nick? You, you can go, go on speakerphone all you want. Do what just, you got to do. I'm a, I'm looking at their stuff here, and I'm not I don't know this website all that well, so I, I gotta well, get there. It's kind of an old, crusty website, sort of. It needs to be optimized for what you know. We should really for, talk about what Nick really does. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we have a guest on here, and we have only picked his brain about what he would buy <laughs> for his. That's because your wife called. <laughs> My in. wife derailed this episode, but that's okay. She's like, hey, so I get, she's like, can I, can I, I please I, get on? Hurry up, please! I gotta go to bed. Yeah, she's tired. Dude, they have a liquor case, a just in case liquor case. I think they have a. I think they have a toilet too, like a like a just in case <laughs> toilet. I do not want to see a clear toilet because I don't. I don't want to ever see what I comes don't think out of it's clear. <laughs> That's gross. But their their boxes are legit. What I really like about them is they're clear and they drain really quick. I think that's one of the big things that I've never had rust issues with their cases. Unlike you know, you, you get a Plano box and you put some tackle away soaking wet, you can have some major major issues. Yeah, so I guess more in our price range and sticking to the same topic, I've kind of played around with a few of the different fancy, expensive boxes. And obviously, like Plano is the really kind of popular one that everybody uses. And the Edge Flex boxes, I think they're like 60 bucks or something. I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Are those the, ye- the yellow ones? Yeah. Those are yeah. phenomenal. So... I'm a fan of those and like I've kind of like bought one of everything just to see if I like it and I like those a lot. I like how you can kind of change the shape of it and do different things with it. Um, but like one that I'm really liking, have you guys heard of the Busby ones? No. I have I have heard of those. I have not bought one yet. I don't think I'm allowed to buy any more cases this year. <laughs> Buzz, those Buzzby. are those are really stinking cool. Like uh they have like the little insert things and I don't know, I guess you guys can Google it if you want, but they, they're like little inserts that you can take out and put back in. And I don't know, I've kind of liked those and it, they also seem like they they feel really good. Like I had, um, because I'm just kind of like, I don't know, sometimes lazy sometimes where you go out fishing and okay, get the kids into the house. We got to get them to bed and 
all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, I left a bunch of tackle boxes on the on the uh, floor of my boat. And uh, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, so I I would leave those tackle boxes out there, and it would rain, of course, that night. And I know that like with the fancy sixty dollar uh, Plano box, it would get wet in there. And sure. like whatever, don't don't leave your tackle in the rain. But uh, those Busby ones seal super good and uh never got wet i like I don't know if i'm that... looking at them right now and i like that the that these modular pieces are are one piece construction so so really that really pl- the theme here is proper storage of your tackle and i'm gonna go next but 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 still i'm talking about this one so i, I like that plano one i used the one for um what what is it called again nick the plano what's the yellow edge. one the edge. edge boxes i use it for the i use the terminal tackle box and the reason oh, yeah. I, the reason I like it is because if I'm using small, you know, like swivels or if I've got drop shot hooks or whatever, or my wacky hooks, they're not going to get underneath the dividers, which no. drives me nuts on a regular box. I am really weird about this. I use safety pins and put all my wacky hooks on a safety pin. But you go bass fishing once a year. I so know. It doesn't matter. No, I went like eight times this year. I mean, I'm going through multiple wacky hooks a day, so I, I don't have time for that crap. I really like the edge box because it doesn't, the stuff doesn't cross, cross over to the next thing, which is Busby boxes, B-U-Z-B-E. Uh-oh, did we just lose something? No, our heater oh, just Oh, the heater just out. turned off. Gosh, I thought the world ended for a second there. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are really cool, and they're kind of nice for, uh, I don't know, like hooks and stuff, because they're just kind of modular little, uh, it's hard to describe via audio without someone going and looking it up, but. Um, I'm, I'm we, should right po- we should post links to all this stuff because it is kind of a this is the time of year to find you know that angler the perfect gift they kind of make me think of like tupperware they're just yeah they, they, you know what they remind me of a milwaukee pack out set sure like a really good one yeah yeah i think it's pretty similar to those and it, one thing that's nice like if you're storing hooks and stuff like i feel like if you bought one of them and just did terminal tackle with it, it would work super good because the hooks aren't getting stuck underneath the dividers. Yep. And uh, it's easy to grab stuff. And if you want to, you can just take out the uh, the whole little modular um, compartment and just dump it in your hand as well. Yeah. Um, or so, dump, it, dump it in the bottom of the boat, which is what my kids do. I'm sure your kids <laughs> do similar things. And this is Oh, genius. for sure. Or dump it down the ice hole, of course, or anything like that. Oh, Do you use the them, worst. Nick, for your soft plastics? Uh, I don't. I feel like it's kind of an expensive thing to spend money on just to put soft plastics in. Sure, sure. Um, but I mean, some people, some people do that. I've heard it. Yeah, I'm seeing pictures of it. I just don't know. I yeah. buy the cheapest Plano boxes ever, and then when two <laughs> years later, when they all get all wavy looking, I throw them away. Yeah, I use my. I keep my soft plastics in the bag, and they just have. Yeah, I do that too. I, the only ones that I don't keep in the bag are Senkos. Or Senkos are the ones that I care about the most. They're the ones that I go through the well, most. Well, they, they store so good, and you don't want them to get all kinked up and stuff. And yeah. I put them I mean, in, I, in the Plano 3700s, and I literally divide them all out and put them just as many as I can pack in there as possible in each each little slot. Yeah, I go through yeah. a lot of Senkos. Yeah, of Senkos. no, that makes sense. I mean, my buddy Brett has all his plastics and in in uh, cases like that, Planos, and I mean it's cool and stuff. I don't know. I just feel like you can maybe be more space efficient just putting it all in a plastic bag. But then 
it can kind of be a mess too. And I don't know, I'm sort of on the fence with it. I feel like if I had unlimited monies, I would probably just buy a bunch of fancy boxes and put, you know, plastics and whatever, obviously hard baits and all the other jigs and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of building up my tackle box collection where I feel like, I feel like I'm in the camp of I'm going to spend money on nice tackle boxes that are probably going to last for like a really long time. So that's sort of my thought process versus buying the cheap ones that are going to, you know, look like crap after a year or two years or whatever. I think that's the evolution of the fisherman. Cause I remember that you buying the, I mean the planos that had the latches that were like molded into the covers not yeah. even the, I mean, they were like the cheapest boxes and you put like one Ned rig in there and eat right through the box in about two hours. <laughs> All right. Let me do my $50 one. And then I think we should take a commercial break. And then we yeah, should, then we should actually to talk about, to Nick about what about, he does. About because, Nick being Nick, yeah. You know. Yeah. Let's just do, I'll do mine and then. Thanks, Allie. Yeah. Thanks, Allie. Derail another episode. I guess this is good stuff. But this right? is how wives work, right? This is a good conversation. They derail you. No, she's she's a wonderful asset. She supports that mustache, all right. She does. She doesn't mind the mustache, which is amazing. Dan has this. He's rocking. He's rocking the Paul Blart, and it's it's actually it's a good it's, look for him. Uh, no, you said I look like the John Candy from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes, Every, everyone. He does look. You don't even need that picture. You just bring it up. That's what we're just gonna post as your picture now. Yeah, that'll that'll be perfect. All right, so I'm gonna stick on the same theme of of tackle boxes, and this is from last year, John, and you turned me onto these, and they are phenomenal. I'm I'm gonna get another one this year. It's the Groove Micro Jig Box. Yeah. Groove micro jig box. I only own too many of them. Like you, six of those. Yeah. So are you familiar with those, Nick? I was literally just going on my phone. I went on speed. I broke the rules. I went on speaker and I was going to, I couldn't remember the name of it for the, for the life of me, but those are totally 100% the deal for tungsten. The real deal. Um, yep. And, and yeah. Perfect size. It, oh yeah. They're perfect. They can fit in your pocket. And like, what's cool about them is like, you put, you just load it up with tungsten jigs, whatever you want to do. And you take that thing and you just shake it and nothing falls out of place. Like it's whatever that like plastic, I don't even know what kind of material it is. Whatever that is, it's just silicone. Yeah. It it holds it in there. Perfect. And yeah, it's, it's really awesome. And actually one thing I did was I actually put them, um, I use kind of like a, tapey sort of material with uh yeah i can't remember the names of things tonight but uh i basically put two of them back to back and that's been really nice that's smart so double decker that'd be way smarter than what i do no i love the groove box and i'm going to get another one because i i have i put too much random stuff in there and i want to get some more just organized tungstens but i bought one of their bigger ones for jig heads yeah they have multiple sizes but the problem is i was like well i don't have enough jig heads to fill this box in eighth ounce and quarter ounce. So I was like, well, I should buy two groove boxes. And then I bought like $400 worth of jig heads to put in there. And I was happen. like, this was a financial disaster. That'll happen. Yeah. But they've got all I, kinds of cool ideas. They've got like the sidekick, the little, it's like a little yeah. strip that you can mount on your boat and just have your jigs out in handy. But the jig colors, when you put them all standing up and then they don't rattle and all the paint doesn't fall off. Not that fish, I don't even think care, but... It still bugs me when, you know, you, you buy the 20-pack of Northland 
jigs or the Rapala VMC moon eyes, and it's like they're expensive. Mm-hmm. And you then the paint keep- is all destroyed. It just bugs me. The thing I like about them the most is that, the, so this is Groove, G-R-U-V. That's the, the way you spell it. And They have rip and wrap boxes too. I have one of those filled. They do. What, what I love about it is the fact that it's the silicone doesn't have memory. So if, if you use it enough times, you know, like with the old... Um, like so I is it kind of like us? We don't have memory. <laughs> you, yeah, you have a lot of memory. But like I used to have like the clam, I think it was clam, and it was like uh, it was like uh, foam. It was like a foam jig box. The spoon one where you no, stuck it, it in the white foam, then you'd stick your finger no, in the hooks? No, it was very similar to the groove where it had a, it had a, a little slot or yep. a, a little groove that you would put the hook in. But that, that foam would take memory after a while and it wouldn't hold it tight yeah where the groove yeah. box it just it locks it in there it has no memory and the jigs just stay put it's yeah it's dynamite and they're not that expensive actually that would work for the 20 dollars thing if you only bought one but who would do and that so another thing to consider too because i've basically gone down all the rabbit holes of course is uh so groove actually licenses kind of uh the material, or maybe they even have it manufactured through this company, but there's these things called tacky fly boxes. Yep. And I think they're the ones who own the technology and the manufacturing of it. And, uh, they just license, license it to groove. But if you're whatever, the groove boxes are great, but if you want to look for something that might have different shapes or sizes or whatever, take a look at those too. I haven't bought any, so I don't know if they're like totally the deal or if they fit, with the little tiny hooks super good or not, but um, that might be something to play with too. If you're, if you're the kind of person who maybe has like all the different boxes and you have to have boxes and you just want to try maybe something that maybe no one has, no one else that you know has or whatever. Um, so look, that's I'm kind of the right rabbit hole has gone down. They, they work good, but the biggest thing they don't work well with tungsten because the grooves are not deep enough. I have a couple of those boxes for fly fishing, and the grooves are not deep enough to hold because oh. they're, I mean, they hold with pressure, but it's only like, you know, a very, very small amount because they're used to holding flies like, are tiny and they, and they weigh don't nothing. weigh anything. So with tungsten, they weigh so much. You got to have such a better grip on them. They don't work as well as they should for ice fishing. Sure. Sure. Okay. You, you saved me some money that. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I don't even want to say you should probably buy a couple. Anyways. I mean, you probably will because <laughs> if you use ice flies at all, which I have been using ice flies more and more every year I use ice flies. It's they, they work well for that because ice flies are not as heavy. Cool. Cool. All right, let's cool. take a break. I, I have one oh, quick Tom's gonna talk. I have okay. one quick stocking stuffer here idea. Yes. So working in the medical field, uh fishing, I always used to go to the hospitals and grab a couple pair of uh curved forceps before every fishing season oh. for hook pullers. Yep. And I've just started noticing that they sp- just barely starts stocking like one size in like some fishing stores now. But if you go to like a surplus store or Axeman, Axeman, Axeman is the bomb and you can get those things in like the giganto size to pull hooks or like the small size. Cause needle nose horrible, a curved forceps. You can actually lock it in as soon as you get a hold of that. As soon as you get a hold of that hook, you just mm-hmm. clamp it. And then you can and then you can work it out there without killing the fish. If you, especially if you're doing catch and release, you know, you know, who invented those who, BJ Honeycutt. <laughs> that's right. I forgot. He invented that. Random that, fact of that, the day. That's a mash. That, I, that's, I, a that's, mash a, that's a mash reference. Mash, the, t- mash the TV show. What's mash? <laughs> Nick, do you know what mash is? Is that that army show on like yeah. uh, me TV? 
Yeah. Oh. <laughs> on me TV. Yeah. That was like the the number like before Cheers. Like that was the, the most that was the most watched show ever. What are you guys talking about? Cheers, Matt. Oh, God. is that oh, what the coach it. guy? Come on now. I right, let's, never take, seen let's take a break. Let's take a no, break. We're, we're, one more thing. Okay. All right. The toothpick. <laughs> yeah, the toothpick. I was going to yeah, say is awesome. I was just going to say that. You, yeah. I, I don't think you can own enough of those. Yeah, I love the toothpick. Yeah, because for tungsten, both sizes. Yeah, like they have a the, giant the one. micro one and the big one. I use the big one a lot for like walleye. Mm. The micro one is great for panfish. You catch walleyes in the wintertime? <laughs> sure, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have to have a commercial break. And then we're going to talk to Nick Linder about what he actually does. Yes. Uh oh. There we go. <laughs> Mash. This is a great sound. Great I do remember this as a kid. This Plant. is usually the, the cue to go to bed. Because <laughs> it's on at it's like, 11 oh, I get 30. to take a nap on my couch now. This is perfect. <laughs> I love MASH. All right. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back after a word from our sponsors. We got to get paid so we can uh, buy these tackle boxes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get paid enough. <laughs> yeah. Hey everybody, this is Dan from the Iceman coming to talk about our sponsor, Tuned Up Custom Rods. And if you're looking outside, you know that winter is here, ice is forming, and this is the time to get your order in for a new custom rod from Tuned Up Custom Rods. Make sure you use the promo code Iceman, one word, Iceman at checkout to save yourself 10%. And it is getting cold and Freedom Baits are hot. They're actually on our shelves at Tuned Up for yes. Custom Rods right now, so you can buy them online. Use the code Iceman at FreedomBaits with a Z.com. And then if you're looking for the best coolers on the market, made right in Brainerd, Minnesota, uh, Maluna is it. They use the code Iceman for 15% off in your next order. All right, welcome back. Thank you for putting up with us through the uh, commercial break. There. I actually have one little little tangent to go off of just for Shocking. a split second. <laughs> All right. So my wife was, we were driving to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is such a easy drive with a trailer and 70 mile an hour winds and sleeting. Yeah. And Ted Nugent came on and I was like, yes, we're, we were literally at the Minnesota board. I was like, I'm going to play this song. She goes, well, how long is it? I'm like. Yeah, like 45 minutes. <laughs> and she's like, we've been listening to the same song, and I'm just I'm blaring it out. She's like, what is wrong with you? I wish we... See, that was actually a really smart question on her part, because like, if you're like the car DJ, you're like, oh, I just want one more song. Yeah. And then you pick like side, you know, side one from like tw Rush's 2112. It's like 24 minutes long. Well, this was like a live version of Stranglehold that went on forever. <laughs> and she's like, seriously... All he does is play these guitar riffs, and I'm just jamming up. I'm like, loving it. We're going to get Ted on the show one day. I told John some news about Ted Nugent. I know. Dan told me that he... Ted, I, Nug we, a, Ted, a Ted Nugent meet and greet might be in the future. Not stop it. Not for John. No, for Dan. For Dan. Like, no, no joke, I already said, Dan, I'm marrying your wife for at least one day. Just to be able to meet Ted. We Nugent. need to get some cards and we got to pass them out to him. Pass them out. Yeah. yeah. He, might, he might be making an appearance at uh, at Federal. Get him over here that night. Seriously. <laughs> uh, Mr. Nugent, would you like to record I'm, our podcast? I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. 
No, you got to be like, hey, listen, we're one of the premier ice fishing. We are one of the top ice fishing podcasts in all of Midwest, in all of in all of the North Metro. We're in the top three of three. <laughs> well, all right, let's let's get back to Nick Linder. Bring we, us we, there, Ted. You can bring yeah, us there. Bring and, us there, Ted. And please don't sue us. Yeah, please don't, please let us keep using Stranglehold for free. <laughs> yeah, appreciate I listen that. to it enough. It's probably like the Spotify. They look at my little account. They're like, why does this guy listen to Stranglehold like four times a day? So it's like almost like a cigarette for me, John. Here, as we talk about our um, just shocking level of of ineptitude and and um, amateurness, we're talking to a legitimate professional media personality here I with know. Nick Linder. <laughs> I'm sure he's like these guys are a bunch of rank amateurs. He's like, you guys are playing he's unlicensed like, music. You he's idiots. like, I got I got t- Ted's cell phone number right here. I'll call him <laughs> up if you want him on. Wait, you do. <laughs> All right, so Nick, you got to tell us what 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 do you do in the industry of fishing because you're becoming one of the people that you produce media that is pretty much epic. I mean, you produce videos that are clean, and you take a fishing guide and you make him into someone who can actually explain what he's doing on the ice or on the boat or something like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, epic feels feels aggressive, but I do appreciate that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, basically what I do for the most part is just like create as much fishing media as humanly possible, as much as I can pick out. And most of the time that ends up being video. Um, so I make a bunch of, bunch of content for Northland tackle and I make some other content, uh, just over on, you know, YouTube sort of personal stuff, sort of some of my adventures and tips or whatever that I have to offer personally. And then, yeah, I kind of end up doing a bunch of freelance stuff for a bunch of different companies tuned up involved, or excuse me, uh, tuned up as involved in, in some direction, uh, in some way as well. And yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what I do. Half the time I'm in front of it, in front of the camera, half the time I'm behind it. And that's, uh, that's, you know, and then, one thing that I've been trying to do more and more is kind of get different editors involved to edit the videos so I can actually be on the ice ice or the water more often. But yeah, that's kind of the 1000 foot view of it. I really liked the series that you did. It might've been last year or the year before. I think it was with your wife about ice camping. <sighs> yes. Ice camping is so awesome. And it's, I mean, the biggest key is just like making sure you're, geared upright. And I guess before I talk about gearing upright, I mean, what is ice camping? Ice camping is basically taking a hub house and sleeping in it. And there's sort of like this enormous, uh, like revolution happening right now of just people buying 10, 20, 30, $40,000 ice houses and, and sleeping out on the ice, you know, for long weekends or whatever it is. And that's really cool, but not everybody can afford to to buy a big fancy, you know, ice castle or Yeti or whatever. And so, you know, one thing that's sort of the budget budget option is just buying a cheap hub house and making sure you got a Mr. Buddy and, you know, a nice comfortable cot and, you know, ideally a fan on the ceiling to push some of that heat down and a lot of blankets because it can get kind of cold. But yeah, just sleeping out on the ice and setting rattle reels, hoping something pops and eventually pulling up the rattle reels because you keep on having so many false strikes and it's waking you up every 30 minutes. 
Um, that that so, is one of the the. I, I think always night fishing is wild. How many fish could just go and nose stuff and move stuff around and grab it for five seconds and just wake you up? And I always found that yeah. way more annoying than actually productive. I thought it was. Yeah, really, I don't. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I don't know what the answer to that is. If you just tighten down your spool, so it's like it's only gonna roll if if something's really got it, I don't know. But it, it, I had one time when it was just so insanely frustrating and it was, I was just up every 20 minutes and I just wanted to catch some fish and, you know, obviously catch fish for fun, but get some stuff on camera too. And it took me a long time to decide to finally pull them up and get some sleep, but eventually had to do it. I thought what was really neat about watching that series and, and really kind of a staple of, of what I've noticed from anything that you've produced uh, and really from from almost the entire Linder, you know, universe is just the high level of positivity. You know, I was watching that video and you and your wife are out there in this hub house. And I mean, there's, it can't have been, a, 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 you know, a remarkably comfortable evening. I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was comfortable enough to, to you know, to do it and probably to want to do it in the future. But you know, it's, it's roughing it to, to a big degree and you both were just having fun and everyone seemed to be kind of but, just but, on board. And but isn't, I was that impressed the, with it. isn't that part of it, right? You, you want the experience. I know, but what I was thinking to myself is if I was videoing myself and my wife sleeping in a hub house trying to catch fish, <laughs> the video would have looked different. I would like to see, we should have a comparison. My wife and your wife, who, who complains the most? Well, so it would have been like the three bears, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Nick, is that is that like you and your wife and a cameraman, or is that just a tripod, or how do you guys how do you film that situation? Oh, I I couldn't imagine a, a cameraman having to deal with me. No, I I just <laughs> I just film myself, you know. Uh, so like you end up with a GoPro just kind of running at all times on uh, all those technical people. It's on it's on looping. So that you can record the last five minutes after something interesting happens, but yeah, yeah, I just always have a Go, GoPro running, and then you know a, a better camera sitting on a tripod to turn on in case you know something interesting happens or you want a close up of a fish, and yeah, and it, it all works pretty good. The GoPro has decent audio, and yeah, I mean, if it was terrible, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it that way. But yeah, I mean, it can be. <laughs> I want to say. How many times did my, I do that with my wife? Maybe just a couple times last winter. I want to say either my wife drove home at 11 p.m. or threatened <laughs> to drive home. Like at, le- at least one of those two times. I can't remember. So that is, you know, that's a very refreshing thing. To that hear. didn't make, I, that I didn't make the cut on the episode. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Honestly, I don't remember how it all played out. But, uh, I think she for sure at least threatened to leave one of the times, and I, I don't. I don't blame her. It got I, so we had uh, the Otter Lodge hub house, and that's I don't remember the exact dimensions on that one, but it's just like a little bit too small for two people, and it's kind of like perfect for solo for soloing it up. But uh, yeah, two cots in a smaller hub house is not is not the deal. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny to hear that because I could just imagine the conversations I would have. I, my wife refused to stay at our cabin for years. She would drop me off mm-hmm. at, at our cabin and drive to Winnipeg to stay in a hotel. It was like an <laughs> hour and a half drive. 
my my yeah, wife doesn't. She always tell when we're in like the woods. She goes, "I'm out of my element." That's that's what my wife says. And my wife is, she's a city girl. I love her to death, but man, she mm-hmm. she just doesn't. I mean, she goes, "You're one step away from a caveman, and I'm one step away from never going in the woods again." That's that's our relationship. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I think uh, I think the conversation with my wife went something like this where it's just like 10 30 or 11 and she's just like and whatever we're just fishing hanging out talking listening to music you know maybe doing a little scrolling on the phone here and there and she just looks at me and says so i think i'm gonna drive home (laughs) (laughs) and you know she's been thinking that for like four hours yeah right are we really gonna sleep out here on cots in the middle of winter and it's it's five degrees out with 30 mile an hour winds. Well, I guess so. <laughs> and you've got little kids too. So you had to arrange sitters and all that stuff. Yeah. Luckily my in-laws are super good with being reliable sitters, but yeah, it's like maybe not the exact day, day night my wife is hoping for, but um, I think she always ends up enjoying it. She likes camping. So I'm not a huge camping guy, just kind of like traditional camping during the summer. So she drags me out camping, and uh, I think it's only fair that I drag her out ice camping. Now, are we talking camping like in a tent with sleeping bags? Oh, yeah. Okay. So my wife, uh, we went camping once, and she's like, she brought this tent, and I'm no joke. It was like the Taj Mahal, and it was like my entire truck was filled with poles, and it it had to be 16 by 20. It was like an outfitter tent, and she goes, "I I can't believe we're staying in something this small. I'm like, it's bigger than a hotel room. (laughs) <laughs> but she, she she didn't understand that like camping to me was like a like a sleeping bag and a rain tarp. I'm I'm I, I went through I spent years in Boy Scouts and all this stuff and it's like I was just used to it. Yeah, I imagine you didn't get very far from the vehicle with that kind of camping setup. Oh no, we we literally had to back up right to the spot and then I had to clear this you know, 30 by 30 area. And I mean, her tent had two rooms and a, a porch and it was like, <laughs> this is not, I'm like, I, I've never You're still in a tent and You're still in a tent. No, it was not a tent. I remember she was like, yeah. what's that noise? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's a timber roll. It's going to eat your leg. And then I rolled over and went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was watching a game show and this, uh, they were asking the people like, Hey, um, what do you guys like to do? And they're like, we love to camp. And he's like, camp? Oh, man, okay. And you look at the people and you're like, they don't camp. They just definitely don't camp. And uh, then they start talking about the camping a little bit. And, like, they go to fancy cabins in the Rockies. Like, okay, that's, that's not, not camping, that's not, camping. Not, not quite camping. <laughs> to me, yeah, camping right. is like, I mean, I, I can see ice camping. That would be a cool experience. I've never done that, but... You know what's kind of a nice compromise for camping is a yurt. Have you ever stayed in a yurt before? A, a yurt? Yeah. Do you know what that is? No, it sounds like something I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a hard-sided Something tent. up, Dr. Seuss. Anyone know what a yurt is? Yeah, it's like, is a, it just, it's, like a, it's like a it's like a big tent. It's a tent with a, with a wooden clock, frame. Right? Yeah, oh, it's, it's oh, a can. It's, it's like a, a hard, hard so, tent. So like an outfitter tent. No, it's, it's more, it's circular. Okay. And it's so it, like a teepee. 
it has a it has no. a round base and then it comes up to a cone. Oh, okay. And it is it, the whole side of it. All of the walls are made out of canvas, but it has uh, it has a wooden skeleton. So, so Min- Minnesota State Parks actually has yurt rentals available. Yeah, and we my my family stayed in yurts in in Minnesota. We stayed in yurts in in Missouri. We stayed in yurts in Cal- in Colorado, and uh, it's really a fun way to. Because you're basically outside. No, no, I'm sorry. You're basically in a tent that has structure and has the feeling of being in a room. But the last time we stayed in a yurt, we were in... Well, that's not a yurt. You're looking at something different. The last time we stayed in one, we were in um, Colorado. And we had a... um, We had a a sound going on outside on our deck. Yeah, It kind of looks like a teepee with sides. Pretty much. And uh, the little deck around it was, there was a bunch of noise going on out there. I'm sorry, we were in Missouri. And uh, we were right in the middle of like feral hog territory. (laughs) And like there was like a bunch of rooting and sounds right outside the window. And it was like, man, there might be hogs out here. And they're not, they don't play nice. I, I can tell you about my, so I camped a lot as a kid. Like more than I probably should have, but we. Well, you're a, talking to two Eagle Scouts here, so we definitely have. Did I didn't you, make Eagle, did you make Scout? Eagle John? No, I didn't because um, I because we did. I found a girl, <laughs> and I forgot about Eagle Scouts. What are those? <laughs> um, no, I had a, I had a bear. I had a remember the old army tents that yeah. you used to camp in. We had a bear walk through one of those. Yeah, we had bear in our campsite. No, we had a bear walk through our tent. We could, While you're we, in it? Yeah, we left the flaps open, and this bear strolled through our tent, went down the hill, and then took all our beans. I remember that as distinctly as a child. Yeah, we had bear try to get into our into our car. They ate all of our donuts. If we would have had Maluna coolers, we would have been just fine. But we, <laughs> we didn't Were they going in your picnic baskets? Yeah, they, they, they. You know, the craziest <laughs> thing is they had, like, they got it, like, into the cooler, grabbed a can of soda, and then it was, like, perfect puncture marks. It's like, and just drank the soda and just left it. It was amazing. It was they, diet. They didn't know what like they're it. about. Yeah, bears. Anyways, so, so you're, te- you're camping. If you ever want to, it's it's like a good hybrid. So it's kind of, I mean, like the, so, okay, Nick, how did the otter, how did your wife take the otter? I mean, was it warm and comfortable for her or? was Did she know the game plan going in that it was going to be a night on the ice or was Or did it, you kind of like kind of fictitiously say, oh, this will be, you know, why tw- are you packing tw- cots? 20 minutes and. Yeah, right. Like the whole, uh, the whole. Hey, we're going somewhere special tonight. You're gonna really like it. This is gonna be a great date night. It's gonna be romantic. <laughs> That's what I would try to tell my wife. I would, I would probably lie about it. Well, or, she had to have known that it was like for one of your productions too, right? Oh yeah, no, she she wants to be a part of some of the productions, and yeah, so she was she was in on the plan. But yeah, I mean, it was like it's pretty comfortable. So the cot is just stupidly important um yeah, because obviously back on the ice well yeah ideally not <laughs> and, and you don't want something that's like saggy and whatnot like i like just a good super straight tight cot and then from there you definitely want to have blankets under you and you know whatever you think you need for blankets like definitely do double um and then kind of like those foam puzzle piece mats on the floor is really big too. Cause that's kind of like an insulation deal. Um, a does little that, bit. Does that well. help with water? Like, so I know, I mean, when yeah. I've been in a hub for a while with the Mr. Heater, you end up with like a one inch layer of water on the, on the ice. 
yeah, no, for sure. Water is like a serious issue and gone. I guess I'm not, I'm not super dialed on the exact best strategy. Um, because I know some people put them up in the, uh, the Mr. Heater up a little bit, like on top of a bucket or something. And that's great. Like there's definitely less pooling water problems, but then also if you're sleeping somewhat close to the ground, you don't get a lot of that heat. Mm, So, um, but yeah, the, the mats are a big deal because they will save you from water. If you are getting out there at like, uh, I don't know, like two or 3 PM or something, get a little fishing time in, get the, uh, sunset and then some night bite and then try and sleep or whatever. Um, then, and then sleep through the night and then wake up the next morning and take off. Like you shouldn't have super crazy, uh, pooling issues. You'll definitely have some pooling issues, but you know, if you go, if you stay out longer than that, you're going to have like this giant hole in the ice with water. That's like six inches deep. And yeah, it can just be sort of bad news, but the maths, the maths help with that a little bit. It sounds like a cool adventure. Can you tell me about mounting the um, rattle reels in the hub? How, how that yeah, works? Yeah, how, how, how do you do that? I mean, I, I can think of a couple different ways, but do you have a, like some kind of... I'd mount them yeah. to my cot. So I, I actually bored people with like a maybe like a three or four minute segment on how I do that in one of the videos. And basically what I'm doing is I take the... Uh, the catch cover ones, the rattlesnake or rattle, I think it's rattlesnake reel. And, uh, basically what I'll do is I like to always have like a million zip ties on hand. Cause you never know when you need to zip tie something to something else. And I'll just zip tie. It's another one where it, it's kind of like hard to explain. You'd almost have to see it, but you take the zip ties and you zip tie the top and the bottom of kind of the, the holder section of the rattle reel and you zip tie it to the hub. So does that make sense? Like yes. way up above in the ceiling? I no, the hub, the hub is like the circular point where all the poles come together. Isn't that up high? Yeah. No, it's on the, right so, on the other sides of the wall. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. There should be a hub. There should be a hub on every side. So, Basically, that's not a super hard thing to do. And I, I think another option that people do, and I think this works, is they would like put a. Uh, so those rattlesnake reels kind of go on like this little plastic thing that you would normally drill into the wall. Um, and some people will actually just zip tie that plastic thing onto the hub, and that works. Two, I think. I guess I haven't tried it, so I can't say for sure if it works. But then you don't have to cut the zip ties every time you're packing down. Um, so, anywho, that's kind of how I do it. I'm just scrolling through. He just showed me your video. I'm sure I'm looking at your your video right now. Of, uh, of that's your- that's a good idea. I've never I've never thought of that. I, I've actually never fished a hub house before. Pretty darn cool, but yeah, I guess what is what I was saying was sorry. Got you got you landing a fish right there. <laughs> but that's part of the fun. Like, I, I guess I, w- I, I really wish my wife would want to do adventurous stuff like that. She's so fearful. I mean, she went on the ice for the first time last year. She is first time ever. 
I, I don't know if it was the first time ever, but she drove a four-wheeler on the ice and then freaked out about halfway mm. across the lake because she goes, I'm going to fall through. I said, it's 25 inches ice. You're not going to fall through. <laughs> so Nick you could drop a large building on the lake and it wouldn't fall through. Well, and also it was like the path that we had plowed. I mean, legitimately it was 25 inches of perfectly clear ice, no cracks in it. I mean, we, we were plowing paths just to, you know, keep up with the uh, four-wheeler traffic and stuff like that to make it really nice and smooth. So, right. so I got a question for you, Nick. There's a, there's a lot of guys who are listening to this podcast who are in a similar boat to what you're in and what John and I are in of fathers uh, who have young kids who also want to be active in fishing and mm-hmm. who want to be able to take advantage of as much of opportunities as they can. And I also know that there's a lot of people who would love to try to, you know, have some sort of uh, fishing content of their own, make their own YouTube channel or, you know, like us starting a podcast to talk about things like that. You know, how do you go about balancing that, that being a father and a husband and still being out there and, and, and chasing the dream? That's a, that's a really good question. First and foremost, if you're going to do anything like that, your significant other has to be totally on board. So that's kind of enormous. And my wife is super awesome and, and gets what, what we're trying to do. And, uh, so that's giant because sometimes you're going to be a super crappy husband and father. Um, but the key is to be like a really good husband and father the other times. So there's kind of a balance there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just finding what works for you. And maybe that's, and I, I mean, it, can I, can I say something when you say like super crappy, like here's what I say, here's what my opinion on that is, is like you have to have a passion and you have to live your passion and you have to live your dreams. So like, I feel like that's setting a good example for your kids. You know? mm-hmm. So not being there a hundred percent, it's well, still, it's still, you're setting the example. So my, my wife has said this before, but be present when you're present. So be like engaged when you're with your kids. Don't be on your phone when you're at home. Like give it 100% always with your kids, even though you spend less time with them, produce more quality time versus, I mean, you could be with your kids 24-7 and be a terrible dad, or you could be with your kids two yeah. hours a week and be an awesome dad. It's just, it's, it's, I think it's one of those things you got to put a hundred percent, hundred and fifty percent effort as a father. With I mean, I try to teach my son all kinds of stuff. I mean, we, I mean, he is so excited to go tip up fishing; it's unbelievable. Right now, he's just chomping at the bit for four inches of ice. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a perfect answer. Is just you know, I mean, you guys do a lot of different things where you might go to a sports show and be gone for five days or something. And it's like, you're kind of going to be a horrible husband and father during that window of time. But, you know, when you're back, like you should, you should be super awesome. And, and then, you know, any way you can get them involved in what you're doing too, I think is just kind of a, a bonus as far as, you know, if you have kids, obviously kids love going out and doing random stuff and, and making it fun for the kids too, when they do come out. So, um, it's one of those deals where you can't expect them to be super hardcore, want to go forever and 
never use an iPad the whole time or whatever. It can be like breaks and, you know, have plenty of snacks and try and make it enjoyable for them. So they want to come out the next time. And it's probably one of those deals too, where, you know, if your kid loves doing it, you probably have a little more license to do it with, with uh, the war department. So that's something to think about too. Careful on what you say here. Your wife might listen to this later on and your life will be, no, he's doing good. Can I I ask a real, I I got a quick question for you. So it's a two-parter. When you're out there, how much time are you wrestling with technology to like get it to do what you want it to do? Like, so like I'm a pilot and I like to fly and I've always wanted to produce like flying videos, but I find that like my iPad or my, uh, my GoPros will like fly or will fail while I'm flying, especially in the summertime, they get overheated and they'll fail. Mm-hmm. And then I just completely give up. It's like, I have to focus on flying the airplane right now. I can't figure <clears throat> out, I can't diagnose a, a I or a uh, GoPro fl- failure. And then also the second part is how often are you out there doing this stuff without filming, without like producing just for fun, just for yourself? Uh, yeah. So I guess basically as far as setup time goes, I mean, pretty much how I kind of optimize my gear is like, is it easy? Yes. Okay. Let's do it that way. And if it's, difficult in any way like you just can't do it you just especially ice fishing it's like physically impossible to do something difficult on like the filming technology side and and like ice fish that's very very difficult to accomplish so i guess my general strategy is i use a lot of gopros because they're easy and i don't mess with i don't mess with batteries i have everything plugged in to kind of an external battery so it could run for, you know, 48 hours if I needed it to. And so, I don't know, it probably takes me 10, 15 minutes or something in the beginning of the day to get everything rigged up like I want it. And it just depends on the way I'm fishing and how I want things rigged up. But for instance, maybe if I'm just kind of on a traditional day where I'm going to go out on the ice and I got my flasher and I'm going to hole hop and drill holes and whatnot. I'll probably set one GoPro on the flasher looking at me, and I'll set the other one uh, looking at the screen. So maybe I can get some cool screenshots in the video or something. And uh, that probably only takes maybe 10 minutes to get totally rigged up with all the cords and batteries and whatever tucked into the whole flasher area. And then... um, and then I just like to have my DSLR ready to go. And, you know, that's only another three or four minutes to have that loaded and locked in case I, I don't know, want to talk to it or something. So, yeah, that's kind of how much time I spend. And I feel like if I did more crazy stuff, it would just be too hard and you wouldn't be fishing good. So, and then I can't remember the second question. Oh, the second one was how often are you doing, like, are you going out and doing this without filming anything? Uh, you mean like fun fishing? Yeah. You're just, like, you're just, you're just going out there just for the hell of it. And you're not even, you don't even care about producing content. He's a lender. They just produce content just by walking around. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, ideally things are just so easy to, to shoot that you can just kind of, shoot and it's still fun and it doesn't feel like you're 
grinding to get video or whatever. Um, but with that being said, I don't know. It's probably like 50, 50 and it's, it's only because I, I shoot so much stuff. So like I shoot like a million videos for Northland throughout the course of the year. And then, you know, I got all this other freelance work that I do for, you know, whether it's you guys or, um, Otter or I don't know, the other companies I do things for. So basically, yeah, I don't know, 50, 50, maybe that's, I would really have to think about that. I kind of spend like a lot of time fishing with my wife and kids and you know, most of the time that's like basically fishing, you know, Sankos or swim jigs for small, largemouth bass and, you know, doing stuff like that. Nick, Nick, I have a, I have a question for you because this is, this has been weird for me. I, I used to be a dedicated walleye guy and I will admit through and through all I did was fish walleyes. I had kids and my life seemed to change. Like I started fishing bass more. I started fishing panfish more. I started fishing fish that I could catch the most of at a certain point in time. Like I, I will fish walleyes with my kids when the walleyes, I know it's like, you know, late May peak bite, early June peak bite, something yeah. that's really active. I just don't, I don't bring them out on bites that are not consistent. So, I mean, has your fishing changed since you've had kids? Uh, so the evolution of my fishing is just super strange. So I remember being just tiny and sucker fishing in late November and just hiding under the council when it was the coldest days. Cause it was like raining, but somehow felt like it was five degrees. Um, and like my dad loves to bass fish. So I just bass fished with him all the time growing up and I was pretty into bass fishing. And then kind of as I, you know, got a little bit older and out of, out of high school and college, I kind of started to walleye fish way more. And just cause you know, more of my buddies walleye fished and whatever, obviously I walleye fished growing up as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been like an interesting, interesting path in that growing up, I probably fished more bass and muskie. And then kind of as I've gotten older, fished more walleye and panfish. Um, and you know, and then with the kids, they just largemouth bass is just kind of the deal or bobber fishing for, for uh, panfish or ice fishing with underwater cameras. I would do that with or without kids, but yeah, that's kind of how my, evolution has gone kind of the opposite of what a lot of people do. I feel like maybe possibly. Yeah. You, you are kind of opposite. Cause I used to, I mean, I was grow up, you fish walleyes. That's all you did. I mean, I grew up in the Brainerd lakes area as a, as a kid in the summertime. And then I, I feel like I was transplanted down to the cities during this, during the winter. I, I feel like most of the younger people that I know, uh, are almost like, they're like walleye anglers that used to be bass anglers. So maybe it's a generational thing where, I mean, if you, if you went up to a like 16 year old kid who was at, you know, fleet farm or whatever, and he was looking at hooks or something. I mean, if, if he was looking at live bait hooks, you would assume that he's trying to find some hooks for drop shotting and not for live bait rigging. 
and you know, just at that age, it's like it seems like most people are into bass fishing. Well, it, it's um, it's uh, my kid is teaching me. I don't know if this is just by being around him. I think he's teaching me that bass fishing is fun, and it's a lot more fun than sitting beating your face against the wall fishing walleyes for 10 hours and catching, you know, six versus catching 75 bass. In my yeah, opinion, the it, bass industry does a really good job of marketing itself. It is a very attractive looking sport. It films well. It, it the, the media content is really consistent. Well, and it's, and it looks, it's, it's action packed. You it's so much more fish. catch and release. You know, walleye fishing is not catch and release for majority of the anglers. Mm-hmm. You know, bass yeah. fishing. I mean, I honestly, I don't know how many listeners would say I caught a five pound bass and kept it. Would we say? Yeah, I mean, 1%? I feel like I, I feel like anything under three pounds is, is the best for eating. <laughs> <laughs> Real popular opinion, Nick. Yeah. Real popular. Opinion. <laughs> oh boy, uh, we're gonna have to cancel that one out too. No, but I think I agree, though. I, I think that there's a. I agree with myself. I guess I'm saying. I think that the 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 appeal of bass fishing is just it's really slick. Uh, you know, uh, the the number of YouTube channels dedicated to bass fishing versus crappie fishing or walleye fishing, especially geared towards younger kids, it's astronomical. You know, you've got people like the Guggen Squad who bring who bring fishing to a market that a lot of the established fishermen can't stand because it's not doesn't look like the way they want to fish. But if you're yeah. 13, it's it's, it's awesome. incredibly attractive, yeah. and they they make it really desirable and 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 accessible. I mean, these kids are out sneaking into ponds on golf courses. They're not running around in $100,000 bass boats. It uh, it just really works well. I think it, it films well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Well, it's easy to film bass stuff, right? Because you can just catch a million of them. But I don't know. For me, why I really like walleye fishing is it's kind of it's almost like if bass fishing is is basketball walleye fishing is is like hockey or something boy you know, that's, where, that's a really i never thought of like that's a really good description like everybody you're like, running up and down the court either way up and down the ice but no one but, of them you're scoring 100 but, points and one of them you're scoring four. which one which one's baseball <laughs> that's maybe maybe walleye fishing is just baseball i don't know because you and, have to be and, so and, much more patient to be a walleye fisherman i mean walleye i mean for majority of the people is a lot harder to catch a hundred walleyes in a week than it is to catch a hundred. When I when I was up at Red last year, okay, uh, it was it was slow, like slow, 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 and I jigged the entire time. Everyone else just gave up, just dead stick, whatever, and I jigged the entire time and I pounded just one like nice, beautiful twenty four inch walleye, and I was like, it was worth it. It was yeah. worth all that jigging. I think it's like trophy buck hunting is like walleye fishing versus you know like uh, i mean bass fishing is maybe more like pheasant hunting on a game farm sometimes but we can all agree that musky fishing is like soccer just really, yeah. really boring until the one goal is scored and then everyone goes in, in the whole in the, yeah. the 75 minutes that you watch whatever they score they score one goal they burn the stadium down the opposing team kills the ref it's yeah. <laughs> lots of ties yeah it gets really intense yeah they hand out these weird red cards. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys can feel free to disagree with me, but I think content that is more compelling is content where 
there's a little more like, well, I don't know if he's going to catch a fish or I don't know if he's going to catch a big fish or, or whatever. Where, you know, I feel like if you're watching a bass fishing video, you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to drive around and catch a bunch of fish. And, like, I'm not going to be super impressed because, you know, they're fishing for bass. And, you know, that's obviously nothing against, like, tournament guys who can catch more than the other guy. But if you're just talking like a video, like a guy fishing, um, yeah, I mean, you're going to catch a million fish and that's as compelling as it is. But when you're looking at like walleye fishing or, or musky fishing or something, and it just feels like the payoff is bigger. And, and to me, that's more compelling on the content side. That's kind of why I think walleye fishing videos and even musky fishing videos to some degree are kind of more entertaining or compelling to me than bass fishing stuff. I think they're more mature. I think that you have to be, you have to be willing to accept that the challenge is, is as important as the catch. And then there are guys who are just incredibly good at filming things that are really hard. And the payoff isn't necessarily the fact that something is successful, but just the, the activity for it. Like I think of Aaron Weeb and the things that that guy does that he is wildly popular. And the things that he does are, incredibly hard like when he caught a muskie using a jig tied with his own hair I, yeah, yeah, but, was, yeah but also here here's the little he must have fished for nine days to catch but that fish. there's a little disclaimer you're in canada but still, the fish yeah. go, look at that there's a jig there eh? i haven't seen one in four weeks it's a different a lot, yeah. it's a different world i mean i after going to canada as many times as i did in the last two years before covid started i realized that canadian fish are bred differently they just they don't see as many lures they don't see as many people they're yeah i mean obviously probably just more popular. of them too i don't know it's, i i think there, there's a lot more fish i mean just in general there's just not as many people fishing you know i guess my basic point though is that if you were going to give a 13 year old kid a gopro and say go make a name for yourself they're going to go catch bass because it's easiest and it's marketable and people people because yeah, you're not going to go hey, i'm going to go target 30 inch plus walleyes yeah. Well, that's going to be a little tougher in Minnesota. On my little rowboat. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, but bass fishing is also saturated, too. You know, I think if you can carve out a niche and another species, I think there's value to that, too. And maybe you can actually even grow faster. And, like, the walleye market is, like, not tiny. You know, I think people are kind of discovering that the whole Midwestern, Northern species thing is kind of actually enormous. Yeah. And that's and, where, uh, yeah guys like yourself who get out there and, and make content that's valuable that that's really important for the for the kids growing up in this area and and for the people who are interested in 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 walleye fishing and, and predator fishing i guess in general yeah no for sure it's and it's i mean i feel like i don't even know if i should say this but it's definitely like a discussion amongst content creators where it's like man how sweet would it be to just kind of live somewhere where the fish were really bitey. You could just kind of like go out on the lake and just make videos kind of at will. Um, and that's nothing against content creators who live north of the border because, I mean, all of those guys make kind of the best content, basically. The handful of guys up there who are putting out good stuff. And a lot of them are super good anglers too. But it's just, man, like Minnesota and... I guess just south of the south of the border, basically, kind of anywhere is just so much more difficult to catch fish, and the pressure and 
clear bodies of water and you go, you know, you just drive like three minutes north of the border and somehow fishing is super easy. So it's, it's an interesting discussion. And especially when you're trying to make content. Well, location is definitely a huge part of that. You don't see a lot of people making videos in the Metro. Let's, let's <laughs> yeah. go catch four inch walleyes. Yeah. I'm just kidding. There's probably seven, nine inches. inch crappies all day long. Yeah. yeah. It's a different world. So Nick, I mean, this has been awesome. We can keep talking all night, but I know but, some of us have to go to bed. Yeah. I got to get up in uh, four hours and 11 minutes for work. <laughs> um, but how can we find you? Because your, your content is, I mean, is it just Nick Linder fishing or what was it at, at YouTube and Instagram? Yeah, if you go on YouTube, I would say the best spot, um, I mean, Instagram's fine too, but if you just punch in my name, I'll show up. And yeah, I got a, I got some kind of enormous plans for this winter. So, you know, keep an eye on the YouTube channel, I would say. I can't wait to follow those. I, I've, like I Sweet. said, before, I'm going to go fishing with you then. <laughs> I've been very, I've been very, I've been very much enjoyed watching your content. And like I said before, you know, just the, the whole family aspect of it and, you know, being a father and, and being a, a guy of faith myself, it, I just, I'm always very refreshed with the way that, that you and, you know, your whole, the whole Linder family presents themselves. It is very uplifting and, and positive. I think all four of us this year in a hub house sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There'll be no holes. It's just going to be four bodies. Let's it, it, I was going to say, we will need no heater yeah. because I, yeah, I, know right. per, I know personally I kick off a lot of heat. Dan, I know you kick off a lot of heat. Nick, you're going to be, you're going to be toasty. Yeah. Be in there. Like, Nick's going to be telling us at 1030. I think I'm going to drive home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this got weird guys. Yeah. I think, uh, so basically what I got planned here for, I don't know, maybe starting in like a week or so is I'm going to attempt and I, you know, definitely attempt is the word to fish for 30 days in a row and kick out a video every single day. So I hired an editor to help me out and, uh, it's going to be, I don't know, it's going to be an adventure, but yeah, that can be the the four guys in a hub house deal can be the the grand finale sometime at the end of December. <laughs> Will you call in periodically and just let us know how it's going and give us some reports? And I, I kind of want to have you call in like once every week and just do a little yeah. quick five minute thing. How's the ice up in Brainerd? Because I don't know too many guides and uh, guys up in Brainerd that uh, actually. Brainerd's like the weird redheaded stepchild of the fishing Minnesota fishing <laughs> club. It's like, oh, we're going to go up to Alexandria or Detroit Lakes or Grand Rapids. It's like, Brainerd's good. It's not that far away from the cities. Yeah, I mean, there might be a reason for that. I mean, Brainerd is, I mean, good luck catching panfish in Brainerd, unless you know a few of the spots, but it's just, Brainerd is just insane fishing pressure in this area. Like, maybe before people showed up, Brainerd was just as good as anywhere, Um, but there's, there's just so much pressure. And actually some of the local docked walleye lakes around here are starting to get good. Um, and obviously Mille Lacs is kind of in our, you know, backyard there, but Brainerd is tough. It's like not a super easy, easy place to catch a lot of fish or big fish. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that content come out. And yeah, we definitely love to talk with you again. If you decide that you want to film down here in the cities, definitely. Be- we, we can go get some uh, seven-inch crappies <laughs> and four-inch bluegills. There you go. Plentiful, you go. too. It's all hard, night long. It's hard to keep them. 
Nick, thanks so much for being here tonight. We really appreciate it. And, uh, and we did forgot to thank our, our supporters, Tom. Ryan Johns, Pete Scholl, you guys are the man. Thanks, the guys. man. We need some more supporters so we can get up and do some fishing with these guys and actually like get this show on the road. Yeah, we Liter- still, literally we get still this show need, on the road. We still need a table builder. We're on a, a, a park, oh, park bench right here. That would be amazing. Yeah, if any of you guys out there know how to build a table for a podcast, we, we truly appreciate all of you listeners. Thank you so much for, for support and for just being here with us. This has been so much fun for us to get a chance to chat. Uh, you know, with each other, with you guys, with our guests. And uh, we just look forward to expanding this season and continuing to come to you guys, hopefully on a weekly basis. Absolutely. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, John. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, fellas. We'll catch you next week. Take care, everyone.